0: Welcome to the Media Ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Good morning. How's everybody today? Good? Getting out on the mountain? Enjoying this weather? Amazing, huh? Well, hey, it's a joy to be with you this morning. Um, we're going to be doing a series um, uh, of of seven messages over the course of the next 12 months. Um, what I'm just calling this one today is, uh, the new wineskin related to the new creation. Uh, we, um, you know, I think if we're honest about things, you know, it's been an interesting couple of years, hasn't it? The way things have gone, uh, it's, uh, the COVID, the elections, the, uh, the variants and just mask mandates and all sorts of stuff. A lot of stuff to navigate, and, um, and we certainly, uh, as a group of uh, people, of men that are privileged to pastor this this church, we meet every Thursday morning. We, we pray for you. We pray for our church. We pray for our direction, where we're going. We've really been talking these last couple months about uh, what does God have for 2022? W- w- what's he want to do? And, and talking about this idea of a, of a new wineskin as well, and and. and God, we believe, is, is wanting to pour out some new wine. And, and there's an interesting verse in Scripture that uh, talks about wineskin. And, and check this out with me. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. But new wine must be stored in new wineskins, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Wow, isn't that interesting? As we think about 2022, I wonder if if, if we can all just begin to think through what would it look like for me to be a new wineskin personally? What is God doing in my life? I, I, what kind of things has he been bringing? And what does he have for me that, that would really reflect my heart and my soul and my life being a new wineskin? And then I asked the same for us as a church. And that's some of the stuff we've been talking about. What would it look like for us as a church in 2022 to, to, to be a new wineskin? There's a lot to unpack there. And I'm not going to get through all that today, but. Isn't it interesting, verse 39, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. Yeah, right? Taste and see that the Lord is good, right, Carter? That's a great verse out of Psalms. The old is just fine, they say. There's so many situations, folks, where I think God wants to do something so new and so good and so great in our lives, in our situations, in our work, in our families. He wants to pour out a new wine, but we're just content to drink the old wine. And we miss out on blessings. We miss out on the amazing things that he has for us. I know as as a team of pastors here at this church, you know, one of the things we've been talking about is how much, and boy, I'll tell you, I, I, I've been at the center of this, how much I've relied on teaching and structure and programs to be the transformative element in people's lives rather than simply loving them and helping them be all that God created them to be. You know, there's a, well, before I go there, let me say this too. It's been so encouraging for me personally. I mean, God's been just working on my heart these last few years. And I wish, gosh, the things he's done, I I wish I could just lay it all out for you. Uh, But some of the things, I mean, just sitting with with Mike Taylor, right? I've already sitting Mike right in the back, sitting with Mike on Monday night, And having one of the best conversations we've ever had, open and honest, where we're just talking about these things, we're talking about our lives. And you know, what I've realized is that in in the midst of trusting in all the, the structure and all the programs and all the teaching, that I've just missed out on loving the body. And loving you. And being among you. And journeying with you. And sure, there's pockets of it here, pockets of it there. But folks, it hasn't been the culture, certainly of of my ministry, and I think in some ways the culture of our church. And again, we've had cool pockets here and there of things that have happened, and God's done some really cool things. But this sense of being among the people, just listening to Steve talk about focus on the face last week and the idea of being with people and being in their lives, being in their world. Brian, one of the things you brought to the elder team a couple weeks ago, get off your pedestal and be among the people, right? A word that God put on your heart for us as leadership. And folks, we want to be among you this year in 2022. We want to be with you. We want to journey with you. Part of the new wineskin is simply... Loving you and caring for you. You know, the two greatest commandments are not teach the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and teach your neighbor as yourself. Right? This is a great place for teaching. We need it. I'm doing it right now. But love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so as we look at this and we unpack this idea of a new creation loving god and loving one another is is central to what it means to live out as a new creation so let's talk about this for a minute second corinthians 5 from now on therefore we regard no one according to the flesh even though we once regarded christ according to the flesh we regard him no longer Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Isn't it interesting, before we talk about new creation, the beginning part of that, how often we want to recognize people according to the flesh. We want to look at people and say, well, they did this and they did that, and they're acting this way, they're acting that way, or they got this or they got that, or they don't have this or they don't have that. Rather than recognizing them according to the new creation that God's made them into. So often, folks, when I work with folks that are going through conflict and trouble, I I often quote Ephesians chapter 6. Your battle's not against flesh and blood but against the principalities and the powers uh, of the air. Saying that, you know, your real enemy is not your spouse. It's not the the co-worker that you're having to struggle with. Your real enemy is the the devil who's in there messing things up. And yes, we need to be responsible, but let's realize who the real enemy is. Because we start recognizing one another by flesh. And we look at each other and we size each other up by the flesh. And what Paul is teaching us here is, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... They're what? A new creation. That that's how we should look at them. As the new creation that they are. That they are a new being, a new person. Someone that God has radically done something to. And we get to experience. The old is gone. The old has passed away. The new has come. And that's why I put up here, being the new creation, we already are. We often try to be the new creation, think we got to get there, we got to get there, we got to get there. Do you realize that in Christ, we are a new creation, which I'm going to unpack here in a minute, but we are something new. We're not who we used to be. The old is gone. We are something new, whether we act like it, think like it or not. We are something new. Here's in a different version. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. A new life has begun. So as you look around this room right now, And me trusting that if you're here today, you're either on a path to becoming a Christian, you're seeking out God, you're wanting to know more about it, or you are someone who's given your life to Christ, as we'd say. You're following him. How, How are we looking at one another? Are we looking at the shirts we wear, the clothes we wear, or where we're from or what we do? Or are we looking at each other as a new creation? And saying that when I look at Billy and Isabella, yeah, I know Billy and Isabella as humans, but more than that, they are God's new creation that I get to do life with. Right? That's who they are. So when things kind of could go could go sideways with anybody in our lives—again, our family, our, our co-workers, whatever—that we see them as either the new creation they are, or the new creation God may be turning them into. When they give their life to Christ. So I want you to look at this verse with me. And I'm sorry about the slides if they're a little bit off. Just, I think, the biggest roadblock to experiencing or being the new creation we already are. Out of Romans 12. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, meaning your bodies, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Okay, he starts off just talking about, hey, just lay your life down. Just lay it and surrender it before God. Don't copy I'm going to use this word conform to the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, by the renewing of your mind, by the changing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and perfect and pleasing. Anybody here that doesn't want to know God's will? The the, the will he has for us, and there's different interpretations of this, of this verse, but I'm just going to go down this road of just saying, knowing what God has for us, knowing what's good for us, knowing what's pleasing and knowing what's perfect for us. So there anybody here that wouldn't want that, we're probably here because we want that, right? We're here because we want to know, Lord, what do you have for me? What is it you have for me? And he says a key to that is laying down your life in verse one. But number two, don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So let's unpack that. There is an ability to conform to the world. And in some realms, there is conformity to, man, I'm going to go do some crazy radical stuff out there. It could involve whatever crazy things that are often associated with, quote, the world. But you know what? There is a world of religion too that we can conform to. There is a world of religion that begs us to just simply go through the motions to look like a Christian, to step this way and act that way and do this thing and get this knowledge that you know what is as much of a conformity to the world as it is to that religion. It's not transformation. It's simply conformity. So let me try to break this down. I love graphs, okay? So forgive me if you don't like graphs or I'm a visual person. So I need to see this stuff. Conformity. Knowledge about God and practicing the faith are really good things to do. It's good to get knowledge about God. It's really good to step out and practice the faith. But for so many people, that's their Christianity. It's conformity. Because Life happens, and they either just go back to getting some more knowledge. Well, I just need another Bible study, or, or I, I, need, I need to just go out and do this now. And it's just this cycle of conformity where I do, I learn and I do real nice religious things. And they're not bad. I mean, thank God. I It's good to see people doing that, but is that it? Is that transformation? That's not the transformation Romans 12 talks about. That's conformity. And again, good things. But what sometimes happens as life happens, as life rolls out and things, good, bad, and ugly happen, some people may even veer into the emotional camp where their life becomes about another experience with God. And that's all they can think about. I just need another touch of God. I need another experience of God. Or it could be emotion that we get so overwhelmed by something that's happened to us and the negative that we can't get out of it. We just think over and over and over. We rehash and rehash and rehash this negative thing that happened to us. Um, we could be a, this kind of victim mentality. It could be a hurt. It could be a pain. It could be these various things that happen. And it leaves our Christianity just being an emotional affair where we just go around and around. Or some, it, 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 life happens. And you know what? They navigate it pretty well. They do a pretty good job of it. And guess what sets in? Pride. I'm pretty good at this Christian stuff, aren't I? Right? Right? I'm doing this pretty well. Look at this. I've crossed this T. I've dotted that I. I'm getting her done. Folks, this is not transformation. Conformity is not transformation. Living a highly charged emotional Christianity is not transformation. Emotions are good. We should feel God. But if that's what our life centers around, we're missing it. That's not transformation being prideful, being self-righteous, being so dogmatic, and then usually telling other people how good you are and how good they're not. Sometimes falls into that. You know, that's not transformation either. So um, let's talk about transformation. Being the new creation we already are. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. This is the on-ramp to a transformed life. There's no way to get there without that. That's going through the cross. That's coming to a place of saying, you know what? I will deny myself, I'm not going to make myself the center of everything. I'm not gonna let everything revolve around me. I'm gonna let go of the of of, of maybe the even some of the rights I may have. I may have been done wrong about something, but you know what? I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna release it. I'm gonna deny myself. I'm gonna give up my right to be right. I'm gonna give up my right to have justice. I'm gonna deny myself and take up my cross. We're gonna talk about this in a sec and what that means. Taking up of our cross. And following Him. That is transformation, my friends. And I can only tell you, for the past couple years, this is what God has been doing in my life. Man, I've got a wonderful master's degree in theology, which I'm very grateful for. Been on church staffs. Done conferences and done all sorts of stuff. But this is a different level of faith. This is going in a a whole different direction than relying upon the studies and the programs and the teachings. This has taken it to a whole new level. So what's this look like practically? Transformation. We start to view life through the lens of the gospel. So as life comes, as we get our knowledge, we practice our faith and life happens, we begin to view life through the eyes of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel of death in new life. That's the gospel of Jesus. So let me break it out to you, the death part, Romans 6. Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ, Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and we were buried with Christ by Baptism. Do you realize that as we come, and if we authentically give our life to Christ, if we authentically ask him into our life to be our our Lord, our Savior, that there is a transaction that occurs. There's something that happens, that, that, that we die with him on the cross. And then it says after that, And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives, live as a new creation. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. That there is a death of something and a resurrection of something else. And then it goes on and it says this, Next verse, we know that our old sinful selves, our original creation, our old selves, our old man, were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Boy, soak that in for a minute. The idea that we died with Christ and we rose out of the grave with him and that we're no longer slaves to sin. We're freed. We're meant to walk in freedom, in wholeness, in healing, in God's power. That's what it means to be a new creation. We don't live in the old life. We live in the new life because it's not who we are. We've died with him that old person has died. And while we may go back and play some old records, it's not who we are. And the Christian life becomes experiencing this resurrected life, this freedom. I want to tell you, you know, over the last couple of years, it's in certainly, I, I think I safe to say, the hardest years of my life, the, some of the changes I've been through, some of the stuff I've been going through, and seeing God strip my identity from being a pastor to, to just being, hopefully, someone who authentically loves you as a pastor. And one of the experiences I had, which is a little mystical, but bear with me for a minute, I just remember praying one morning, and I just had this vision And I don't know if I got in a little dream mode and I fell a little sleep. I was up early that morning. But I had this vision of the cross and Jesus hanging on it. And then I had a vision of my old man going to the cross with him. And this this vision of sin and, and shame and guilt and fear being nailed to the cross with him. And then the next vision I had was both of us walking out of the grave. Yeah. And he's got his arm around me. Yeah. And he's saying, you're alive now. You're really alive now. And you've got a life to live. So go live it. Yeah. And I am with you. And it was this mystical whatever you want to call it, experience of of feeling like Romans 6 just came alive. I died with him. And this experience of it becoming new and real in my life. So, I think that experience is one of the toughest things. How can I say it? That experience is something we want every person to experience. We want every one of you to have that experience. But we can't teach it simply. We can't orchestrate it. We can't program it. We can't structure it. It has to be your experience with God. And it only happens through the Holy Spirit coming and moving on your heart and your soul. Um, so the transformation up in the top right here. It's a death and it's a resurrection into new life through the cross, through the lens of the gospel. And I want to just close with this little somewhat busy graph. But this does a lot for me. Like I say, I'm a visual person, so these things help. Maybe they'll help you. I hope so because this bit of becoming a new creation and again, dying with Christ and being raised is something I think the vast majority of the church misses. With all due respect to all the churches around the world, we talk about it a lot here and I'm grateful for Steve talking about it as much as he does. And we can teach it and teach it. But it's got to be your experience. So it's viewing life through the lens of the gospel. Death and new life. We die to. Condemnation and hopelessness and enslavement. So when we talked earlier about I died with Christ. We're dying folks. Realize that on the grave and what's already been done. What's already dead is any sense of condemnation in your life, any sense of shame and guilt and fear, it has, been di- it has died on the cross with Christ. You may still feel it, but it's not real. It's not the real thing. It's the enemy giving you a lie, giving me a lie. And I can go down these roads. It also means we die to hopelessness. We die to the, to the thought that my losses and my disappointments are going to shape my life forever. That, I, 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 boy, I've really screwed up. This thing's over. I've made a mess of it. We die to the thought that our life is hopeless. Because we know not only does Romans 8.1 say, there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But Romans 8.28 says, God works all things together for good. And no matter what your situation, my situation may be, God can do anything at any time. We are never, ever without hope. He can do whatever, whenever. And we're no longer enslaved. We're no longer, no longer enslaved to sin. We're no longer enslaved to the pride that we talked about earlier or the emotional bondages that we get in. We're no longer enslaved to that. We're no longer enslaved to a life of just conformity, going through the motions. We are set free from that. We're set free from any sin struggle. He makes provision for us to walk away from it, whatever it may be. I don't care what it is. The gospel will change and heal any soul. Change any life. Transform a life. So as we go through this, mentioned on the bottom, you see it in the book of Acts. There were these folks who believed. They were conformers. They were wonderful people. Doing good things. They had the baptism of John. They understood that. But they did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't know, they didn't get that the Holy Spirit must come on, come on us to truly transform us into this new life. That faith is not simply going through the motions. That transformation is the Holy Spirit coming and changing us from the inside out where he brings his fruits and his gifts. It's a life of surrender that leads to a life of rest because we're now, we're in God's presence. I wish I could take you on my journeys on some of the mornings that I, I get to just spend extended prayer time with the Lord. I wish you could be there with me and that we could just journey together and, and, and just experience together what it means to be in God's presence. The sense that God is just not out there. He didn't just create this, but he is here. Right here. Now, God of the universe, the one who has this planet going around the sun at 64,000 miles per hour, he's right here. In our presence. And as a result, we are now open and experiencing that presence of God and we are healed emotionally, sometimes physically, whatever the need may be, and we are holy. You know, that's what God says about us. That when we have become a new creation, we are holy, set apart. And not only that, but we're on mission. We're on mission for God. Folks, our families, our friends, our church, our community needs each of us to be the new creation we already are. God needs you to be the new creation you already are. I was um, talking with someone last night and um, they had bumped into someone from our church and uh, they told me a story and this person that I was talking to last night doesn't come to our church, but um, <clears throat> told me a story about bumping into this person and some of the things that came out of that person's mouth. And, 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 and they're like, is Crossroads just a church of hypocrites? Man, it was a sad conversation. And none of us are perfect, okay? We're not, we're not talking about perfection here. But we're talking about living out the new creation, we are. Because, folks, when we do try to conform, that's when we become hypocrites. If our faith is just going through the motions, learning about God, trying to act out our faith, that conformity will lead to hypocrisy because it doesn't transform our lives. It doesn't transform our souls. And our invitation to you is transformation where the Holy Spirit works in us. Scriptures say the Spirit indwells us and empowers us. It comes in, it seals our heart for all of, all of eternity. It changes us. It makes us forever in union with God, but then it needs to come on us so that we experience that union with God. We experience that new creation. Um, so uh, as we wrap Um, love this verse Galatians 2.20 I've been crucified with Christ it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me you see that? you see the two people there? I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me I don't live the old man The person that was in bondage and enslavement, that doesn't live anymore. The person that lives now is is the one that has Christ in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So, as we go forward um, tomorrow night, we just want to invite you. We want to serve you dinner. We want to be among each of be be among each other, be with you. Uh, we want to be accessible to one another. We want to see God become more accessible through us doing life together, loving one another, sharing, sharing our journey about new creation. We want to get to know one another, we want to laugh. We want to unpack new creation a bit more. Folks, the reality is, it's hard to experience. As I wrote up here, our new creation apart from real community—it's hard to truly get it on your own. You know, our, our town's famous for isolation, independence, and we're just inviting you to come walk with us as we walk with you. We want to be among you. This is the culture we want to build in 2022. And it's what we want to bring to Aspen, our community, into the valley. A, a life of, 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 of individuals that are experiencing this new creation and living it out in everyday life. Um, so tomorrow night, Bryant and I are going to just kind of, well, we're going to have dinner. Have a great time at dinner. Just hang out. And then Bryant and I are going to just have a little discussion time with y'all. And want to hear from you and share some things. Pray as well. But, bro, is there anything on your heart share this morning to tag what we've been talking about? Okay. We'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. That's good. He's going to load it up, aren't you? That's awesome. Well, Derek, yeah, come on up. Um, Folks, I want to pray for us. topic of new creation, it's a game changer. It's an absolute game changer. It will change your life. It will change our church. It will change the community. It will change the world. Um, I I think at times about the reality that, and somebody here may know the the number, um, but we have millions upon millions of people in this world that claim to be Christians and followers of Christ. And it's, it's not to point fingers because I've had my own challenges and we all do. But the reality is if as many people claim the name of Christ, lived out the new creation they already are, we would see a much different world. Personally, personally, church, our community, our world would be very different. And so I want to pray for us and, um, and just pray that if, if we're sitting here today and maybe we feel like, you know, I've been a conformer rather than a transformer, that uh, I, I, I need, to, I need to put that away. I, I, I need to move beyond that. I need to move into transformation. If that's if that's you today, I, I, I'm going to pray for us, and I just ask you to join me in that, and um, um, just for the Holy Spirit to come and move on you, because it's nothing. It's not. Oh, did he do the message well enough to bring this or change this? Is tomorrow night going to be? you know, is it going to be orchestrated well enough so that it happens? It's going to be the Holy Spirit moving on our hearts that radically do the work. So that's what I want to pray for. And if you're here today and you feel like, yeah, man, I'm going for it, but I've, I've, maybe I'm a little prideful. Maybe I'm carrying my ego a little too much or I'm just kind of wrapped in my emotions. Um, I want to pray for you too. That we all go after God. To be transformed from the inside out by the power of his holy spirit, Lord um, thank you so much for this amazing privilege of of bringing this this first message in this this seven part series we're going to do over the next twelve months um, at various times and it's a joy to uh, talk about new creation Lord it's near and dear to my heart and and yet I, I absolutely admit and confess so much of my life I haven't lived it out. I've relied on, on just looking right, going through the motions and knowledge, and practicing the faith rather than truly being transformed, truly going to the cross, truly surrendering to you. My concerns, my ego, my, my, my false idols, And Lord, I, I just stand before you as a man that just wants to be transformed daily. To live out the new creation I already am. And I pray that for each person here, Lord. Only your Holy Spirit can do it. You sent your Spirit to, to, to uh, basically convict us of, of sin, of judgment, as well as our righteousness that we have in you. So Holy Spirit, come right now. We invite you to come for you to move on each heart here, Lord. I know every heart has something that needs transforming. No one, Lord. We never get fully there this side of heaven. On the inside, though, Lord, you start the work. You put your spirit in and you start to perfect us from the inside out. So Lord, thank you for what you're doing. And I pray for anyone here today that's just been in that world of maybe conformity or emotionalism or the prideful uh, fundamentalism. Lord, may they just join me in saying, God, I'm done. I confess it. I repent of it. I just embrace you, Jesus. I embrace your gospel message of death and life. And I invite you to come now. I invite you to come now and transform me. Holy Spirit, come on me. Maybe you sealed me. Maybe you saved me years or decades ago, but I need you now to transform me. So come, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do.